D F S. It is Friday, October 7th here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 5 FanDuel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaaf. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. Jared, I don't know about you, but I'm okay with this portion of the pod taking as long as you want it to because as soon as I finish this, I have to go meet my family at the high school football game in our town. And frankly, it's something I would rather stay home from basically just going. Cause my wife has to, to take the kids. Well, you just tell her that the podcast ran really long, even if it doesn't, <laughs> I got, I already, told her, I already told her we usually get this done within 45 <laughs> right. to 50 minutes. So she's expecting me. So if, if I'm like, Oh, past, the podcast went double. She'd be like, of course it did. And like it usually does. <laughs> just, just, yeah, just, just blame it on me. I'll, I'll take the fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kel, you know how Jared's much bigger talker than I am? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get the guy to shut up. Yeah, so I, I mean, our, our football team, by the way, stinks. So normally you could be like, yeah, high school football game is fun to watch, but our team is, is yeah. awful. And they, they, they throw the ball about as well as the Chicago Bears. Isn't that all high school? Team? I mean, I feel like high school is just a lot of running. Yeah, but it's not even effective. Anyway, I'll, I'll give people a recap maybe next week on this team, but that's where I have to go after this. So feel free to slowly move your way through. We'll start with cash quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I, I opened the salaries uh, this morning and was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll go cheap at quarterback this week and play Teddy Bridgewater, who I think is, you know, pretty attractive at 6,400 bucks. Um, Again, I, I, I think he can do a pretty good Tua impersonation um, and get the ball to Tiger Kill and Jalen Waddle against a pretty bad Jets secondary be okay. But you know, then I actually started putting a lineup together, and I, I was like, I, I got I got money. I'm going to go up to Jalen Hurts for $8,600. Bucks. Um, you know, don't have to make much of an argument for Jalen Hurts. He's been awesome this season. He gets a bad Cardinals defense, and we don't have to worry about weather this week. You know, that's, that's climate-controlled in Arizona. Yeah, if you want a sneak peek at Teddy Bridgewater in this offense, I mean, beyond the second half of the Cincinnati game, you can watch those flipped two of Tango Vialoa videos, and that's right. basically what you get with Teddy Bridgewater. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. Jalen Hurts, 8,600. I think it's even worth the $400 savings versus Josh Allen, who, you know, there's nothing wrong with Josh Allen if you get to him or want to play him this week. If you do want to go cheaper, I think both Teddy Bridgewater and Carson Wentz are fine. I think even if Carson Wentz doesn't go crazy, he's a pretty good bet to at least be fine against this Tennessee defense. And, you know, if you just find where something in between those two extremes, the high end or low end, Trevor Lawrence is sitting there at 7,600. So it's a week where you can find something in any range to fit your cash lineup build. Yeah, start with Bridgewater, build out, and then you'll have, you know, 2,000 bucks when you're done. You can just get up to a to, to a stud quarterback yeah there you go gpp what do you like um so i like justin herbert and carson wentz here also we talked about them on the DraftKings show but you know herbert um you know bounce, bounced back last week did not look like the rib thing was an issue anymore and he had a big game against the browns last year these these teams met last year and it was, it was a shootout herbert had almost 400 passing yards and four touchdowns um Carson Wentz, you know, he struggled the past two weeks in tough matchups against Philly and Dallas, but go back to the first two weeks of the season, 30 and then 29 Fanduel points. So I think he's a good play at this price tag. And then the, the other guy who I, you know, don't like as much on DraftKings, but I think is interesting here at the price tag, Andy Dalton, 6,500 bucks. Um, I thought he played fine against Minnesota. He wasn't great, but he wasn't horrible. Um, and, and gets this Seattle defense, which, you know, might, is I think there with Detroit is the worst defense in the NFL football outsiders does has have them as the worst pass defense in the NFL. They're 30th in adjusted points allowed to 
quarterbacks. You know, Andy Dalton, Chris Olave, it's, it's a pretty cheap stack that I think has quite a bit of upside in this matchup. Yeah, I think I like Andy Dalton better for um, cash just because I'm not sure he has that ultimate upside. And I'm just checking right now to see when the last time was that he threw three <laughs> plus touchdown passes. And it looks like the last time was maybe November of 2020. So, I mean, if there's a spot for him to do it, it's certainly against right. the Seattle team, which is allowing well beyond eight yards per pass attempt. And he does have Chris Olave. I uh, might have Jarvis Landry does have Alvin Kamara. So we'll see. And there are certainly worse plays than Andy Dalton, but I'm, I'm a little scared of the ceiling on Andy Dalton. That's fair. Especially when we have Josh Allen and, and Jalen hurts in great spots. And I think the spot's good for Justin Herbert. So when you're, you know, when you're competing against guys that are putting up 35, um, you know, it, it, it can be tough for someone like Dalton, but might be worth a shot at the price. Yeah. And the other part of it, I think, is when you have Carson Wentz at 6,800, Teddy Bridgewater 6,400. I think yeah. if you look at Dalton and Bridgewater, the players compared, um, you know, it, it's pretty even in terms of what you should be able to expect for passing upside. But then Teddy Bridgewater's got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Yeah. So I, I, I would prefer, I think, Carson Wentz um, and Washington stacks and then throw in Chris Olave to, to try to soak up the passing upside from New Orleans. I do also think that Josh Allen gets more interesting here if Gabe Davis's ownership projection stays down around 5%, as it says in our lineup generator right now, because that makes up for some of the ownership that's going to Josh Allen. If we play like Allen and Diggs and Gabe Davis, then we're differentiating from Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs lineups. And Gabe Davis is really, he's set up to have his best game so far this season. It just depends on whether they throw him the ball, but Dawson Knox is out. Isaiah McKenzie might be out. So if he is out, that certainly helps that also might drive up that ownership number. So we might have to watch that on Sunday morning to see what happens once we get, you know, the injury update uh, ahead of that game. But if things stay where they are, I do like the upside on Gabe Davis. And, you know, even if you don't want to play Josh Allen here, I think Gabe Davis gets interesting, but you can also, I think, throw in a Josh Allen with Devin Singletary lineup, who's been getting a lot of receiving lately. And that's another one of those, differentiations that might allow you to play the popular quarterback, but in a way that more teams are not playing. Yeah. Full week of practice for Gabe Davis and he's not on the final injury report. So you know, it looks like the ankle is not nearly as big of an issue as it has been his last couple of games. I, I, I expect his ownership projection to rise and you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but I, I still think he's going to be a good play. even if he comes in at like 10% ownership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think the the single week upside to Gabe Davis is that he is the receiver that particular week over Stefan Diggs. Like there are other teams where we'd be like, I never could have seen this guy outscoring the number one wideout for that team. But, you know, yep. it, with Buffalo, we've seen it. So we know that the ultimate ceiling is there. Yep. I do also like, you know, we've talked about Jalen Hurts. We talked about it on the DraftKings side, but I think that similarly to the Josh Allen thing, you can play. Uh, Jalen Hurts here. Devontae Smith is in single digits. Dallas Goddard's in single digits. So you can play like a Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. And even though you're not getting a low owned Jalen Hurts, you're differentiating by getting some pass catchers that are not highly owned. I don't know that I would play Jalen Hurts with a receiver and not include AJ Brown because I'm not sure that he gets left out <laughs> of a huge passing day for Jalen Hurts. But you know, different things to play with. And then on the other side, we got Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, Zach Ertz, all sitting single digits. So, you know, there, there are different ways to play it. If you do want to get some Jalen hurts exposure. Yeah. I think hurts is going to be my like main guy for terms this week. I, I like the idea of playing hurts and then trying to also get Steph Diggs in that lineup to you know, hopefully soak up a big Josh Allen game just with, with Diggs' numbers. 
Mm-hmm. Well, maybe maybe Gabe Davis could be your guy to get the the salary savings in there too. It could work. Different, yeah. you know, when we talk about these tournament lineups, we tend to talk about favorites, but I, I think anybody who's playing these kind of contests are doing so with a bunch of different lineups. So you know, mm-hmm. don't make it Jalen Hurts with Stephon Diggs all the time. You do some Stephon Diggs, you do some <laughs> Gabe Davis, for sure, for sure. Running back for cash, Jared. What do you got? So I'm starting with Ramondre Stevenson again here on FanDuel, and the, the gap in salary between Stevenson and Damian Harris is way bigger here on FanDuel. Just six thousand bucks for Ramondre Stevenson. Um, you know, I think Harris is the, the better play straight up on FanDuel with the half PPR and you know more touchdown heavy. Um, but for the for the savings, I'll take Stevenson, who you know has still been getting uh, you know double digit carries the past two weeks. Also has five targets in each of the last two games. And, you know, you still get a half point per catch on FanDuel here, so it's not worth nothing. I just think he's this higher floor play in case the Patriots end up falling behind me. It is still Bailey Zappi, a quarterback for the Patriots. They could fall behind in this game, and, you know, that could hurt Damian Harris, but it's less likely to hurt Stevenson because he's playing on passing downs now. Yeah, and last week with no uh, Mac Jones, we had Ramondre Stevenson leading the entire team in targets. So we know that that upside is there. Damian Harris has gotten more work closer to the goal line. He has been more often the runner inside the 10-yard line and inside the five. So, you know, that's his edge. I agree. I think both of these guys are certainly in play. If it comes down to salary, I agree, Stevenson. Uh, If not, I do prefer Harris, as you said. Both of these guys should be in double-digit ownership. Um, on FanDuel this week. They're both inside the top 23 in the league in rushing yards so far. Detroit's allowing a league high 5.6 yards per rush attempt so far this season. The league's most rushing touchdowns. Part of that's facing the Eagles in week one, but still, it's been a weak run defense. And, you know, like I said, on the DraftKings side, I think at least in a tournament or two, it might be fun to put both Patriots running backs in there and see if they can both score multiple touchdowns. Yep, I like it. Who else are you playing for cash? Is Alvin Kamara making it into yeah. your um, cash lineup at seven at uh, seven thousand? He is, yeah. Um, I guess I don't like him quite as much here on FanDuel. Though I'm, I'm looking, he's still our third best value in terms of dollars per projected point here. Um, I think seven thousand bucks is a good price tag. There's there's some added risk with the rib thing, um, but to me, I'll, I'll take on that risk for. Camara at this price. And remember when we saw him last time, week three, he got a really nice workload. He played 70% of the snaps. Uh, I think he had 15 carries and seven targets in that game. Um, and again, this, this Seattle defense can't, can't stop anything. Yeah. It seems like they're managing that rib injury, given that he played a game and then sat out a game. So if he's playing, we should be able to rely on him pretty well. Jeff Wilson jr. Is one more that I want to throw out at 6,500 bucks. He has seen 73% of 49ers carries the past two weeks. The game before that he saw 18, even though we had 14 carries go to Ty Davis price in that game, we had four go to Debo Samuel. So the point of that one is These Niners love to run the ball. They've attempted the sixth most rushes in the league to date. They have the second highest run rate in neutral situations. You know, the season started with Trey Lance. It's a little bit different with Jimmy Garoppolo, but they still want a lean run. So we should get plenty of rushing. They're road favorites, heavy road favorites against the Panthers in this one. So we should get a lot of opportunities for Jeff Wilson in this game. I was going to say, Wilson scares me when you think the Niners might fall behind, but tough to see the Niners falling behind Carolina. I honestly, if there's ever a spot where I hope to be wrong and hope that the Niners fall behind, it's this because that would mean that Baker Mayfield finally remembered how to play quarterback and DJ Moore finally has some sort of outlook. 
I, I can't imagine it happening against this Niners yeah. defense. But neither can I, which is why I'll bet against it. But you know, that would be one case where I'm like, ah, oh, crap! I was totally wrong for Jeff Wilson's purposes. But finally, we got some football in Carolina. Maybe we'll get some fantasy points. That's right. GPP. What do you like at running back? Um, I like Kareem Hunt here, fifty nine hundred bucks. Um, so I, I talked about. When these two teams met last year, it was a shootout, and it was a lot of running on the Brown side. Hunt and Chubb combined for 222 yards and three touchdowns rushing in that game. Kareem Hunt had 89 total yards and two touchdowns. Um, and the Chargers D is, again, bad this year. They're allowing 6.1 yards per carry to running backs. They're 25th in adjusted points allowed to running backs. So, um, you know, especially on a Herbert stack, I like Kareem Hunt as a run back, and then I like Hunt even as just a one-off play outside of Chargers stacks. I, I like Kareem Hunt as well, but I also like Nick Chubb. 9400 bucks is going to keep him from getting highly owned, yeah. and he's sitting there in single-digit ownership range for us. He ripped the Chargers for 161 yards on the ground in that matchup last year. Chargers did spend on defense in the offseason, including up front, but they're still just mid-pack in rushing DVOA. I don't think they care as much about stopping the run as stopping the pass, which should be the case for any NFL defense at this point. I think Nick Chubb is too expensive to be – a cash game play and he's too expensive plus two touchdown reliant because you know if we spend 9400 we need a guy to pay off for us and he could easily have 98 yards and not find the end zone then he's not doing a whole lot for us but the other side of that is there's multiple touchdown ceiling i mean he has as much monster game potential as really anybody at the position he's gone over 110 rushing yards in three or four games so if we're getting that in single digit ownership range i want some exposure to nick chubb in uh, tournament lineups. That's a crazy price tag on Chubb. <laughs> it really it's, is. It's, it's, it's t- tough to click the button, but it's definitely going to keep the ownership down. Yeah. And you know, we talked about playing both Patriots running backs in the, in, in the same lineup. Here's why I wouldn't do that with the Browns with the Patriots. We're talking about both of those costing a total of 13,200 in FanDuel salary for the Browns duo. We'd be spending 15,300. So, you know, 2000 more, which is a lot different with what you can do with the other positions. For sure. Yeah. It's too much wide receiver for cash. Jared, what do you like? So I'm just going to trust our projections in the dollar per point projections and play our top three guys. And it's um, Debo Samuel at 7,300 bucks. And that's, that seems like one of those situations where for some reason, because he played in prime time the previous week, like his price is kind of out of whack. And that just seems too cheap for Debo. He, you know, he again is playing a really fantasy friendly role. He has a 26% target share so far this season. And he has 19 carries. Um, so, you know, I think he's a safe bet. Um, Curtis Samuel is popping for us as a value. Um, you don't think of him as a, a FanDuel guy because, you know, he's more of a short range volume guy, but just 5,800 bucks for Curtis Samuel. That's a nice price tag. He has 37 targets through four games. That's tied for 11th among wide receivers. We have no Jahan Dotson this week. So that leaves behind 13% of Washington's targets. Um, and he has a good matchup against the Titans. Um, and then Steph Diggs is our, third best dollars per point value, 8,400 bucks. Good spot against the Steelers. You know, the Bills have the highest implied total on the main slate. We have no Dawson Knox for the Bills, no Jamison Crowder. Isaiah McKenzie is iffy, still in the concussion protocol. So we've already seen Diggs have games of 29 and 38% of the Bills targets. To me, this looks like another game where, you know, he, he should get you know, 30% of Buffalo's targets. 
Yeah, I I will not argue with any of those guys. Last week was like last year's Debo we saw in that game where he catches the ball and it's like, uh, (laughs) nobody's going to stop me from scoring on this play, which was a particularly fun play. Curtis Samuel is the guy I have highlighted here. 5,800 bucks. He has led Washington in targets in every single game so far. So it was surprising in week one. At this point, it is clearly a trend. It doesn't necessarily mean there's not room for Terry McLaurin, but it means we should expect Curtis Samuel to be up there in targets for this team that likes to, and pretty much needs to throw the ball every week. So yeah, I love Curtis Samuel here. Like I said, still cheap. And as the team's target leader, it's just like, it, it makes too much sense for where he is, especially in a matchup that finds them slight home uh, underdogs against Tennessee who plays the run tougher than the pass. I think Curtis Samuel is definitely in play because of his single digit ownership projection right now in our lineup generator for GPP lineups as well. And Jared, I think Terry McLaurin at 6,500 looks, I guess, as good. There's $700 more in salary. He has not gotten as many targets as Curtis Samuel, but he's the guy that's more likely to make long plays. I think the fact that I like both of them makes it even easier to envision that Carson Wentz, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin lineup. And Logan Thomas is banged up, which I didn't mention when I talked about Samuel. So that only helps now the target tree maybe be even more condensed. I, I, I prefer McLaurin as a tournament play if you're just playing one of these Washington wideouts. You know, like you said, he is getting the downfield stuff that gives him, I think, a higher ceiling. That is where Tennessee has struggled, especially in past events. And McLaurin's coming in at just 2% projected ownership. I mean, Curtis Samuel, 8%. There's you know, nothing wrong with that. It wouldn't get me off him. But 2% for McLaurin at that price tag is really nice. Um I also like Mike Williams. I'm surprised he's only coming in at 6% projected ownership. I would expect that to climb, but we know Keenan Allen is out of this game. Um, Josh Palmer is banged up. He's questionable. So, and and, you know, Mike Williams always has monster upside, especially on FanDuel where you are looking, uh, you know, more for touchdowns than, you know, versus DraftKings when you're looking more for volume. Yeah. And I, I I think this game, which we've kind of alluded to, I think there's low key shootout potential to this one. We got a shootout in this very same matchup last year. It's obviously not exactly the same teams, but there's plenty of offensive talent on both sides. I think Mike Williams looks especially good in a Nick Chubb or a Kareem Hunt lineup, um, whether you have Justin Herbert as your quarterback or not. I think kind of similar to Nick Chubb, Mike Williams, his, his target share is just too volatile for me to put into cash lineups, but he has as much ceiling as certainly anybody, at least in the seven K range. Um, so I, I totally agree with Mike Williams when it looks like his ownership is coming in low. I think Jalen Waddle is trending lower than he should as well. I think people are worried a little bit, at least about Teddy Bridgewater, not really looking his way in the second half of last week. There is the injury that he's dealing with, but there's also now Tyreek Hill questionable with his own quad issue. So we'll watch the availability of both of those guys for the game but I'm not worried about whether Teddy Bridgewater has a rapport with Jalen Waddle because he doesn't have more history with Tyree kill than he does with Waddle. And Waddle has shown that he's a very good player and the injury that has Waddle questionable this week, he played through last week for his highest snap share of the season. Yep. So, you know, we'll see sun- Sunday morning, but if he's active, I'm going to go ahead and treat Jalen Waddle like he's full Waddle. And that dolphin stack was like going to be my main tournament stack. Um, like two days ago before, you know, Hill popped up on the injury report and, you know, we have Waddle still listed as questionable. I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm still going to play him, um, you know, unless we hear something about them being limited on Sunday morning. Um, so you know, I'll definitely take on some of that risk in tournaments. Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried about Bridgewater at all. I really don't think he's going to be a significant downgrade from Tua. Yeah. If a downgrade at all, we'll see. 
Tight end for cash, Jared. I think there's really only one answer here, right? Yeah. Because Tyler Higby yeah. at 5,500, he's he's just mispriced here. He's ninth on the slate in salary. He's seventh in total half PPR points. We have no Travis Kelsey. We have no Mark Andrews on the slate. And yet Tyler Higby is cheaper than both Pat Fryermuth and David Njoku, despite having more fantasy points for the season in the format. Right. Easily our best dollars per point value. Our second best dollars per point value is actually Dallas Goddard. He's $600 more and we have him projected for fewer fantasy points. So, you know, I, I, I don't see a reason to go anywhere else besides Higby for, for cash games. The ownership level is certainly worth noting for GPP stuff, but I'm not scared of Higby at the higher ownership rate in these tournaments on FanDuel either because of the cost versus upside. I think where I would be wary of him is if he were like a $7,000 tight end at that same ownership level, because then you're giving up that salary cap space plus, you know, more of the field having your guy. So in this case, the savings let me do different things elsewhere. I can make the rest of the lineup different enough that I can still just play the guy who is the best tight end play. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. I feel unexcited about Higby's upside just because that Rams offense is struggling so much and all his targets have been near the line of scrimmage, but that, that that's probably wrong. If a tight end is going to get, you know, 10 plus targets and especially on this slate, as you mentioned on the drafting show, we have no Travis Kelsey. We know we have no Mark Andrews. We have no Kyle Pitts. Um, so there's mercifully <laughs> there's, there's much less of a chance of, a, you know, any tight end putting up like 25 points. So I think, you know, 15 might be enough to win a tournament this week. I do think that if you do want the pivots off of Tyler Higby at a similar price, we have David Njoku of 5,700 who has shown us the past couple weeks that he's pretty good. Tyler Conklin at 5,300 might be more interesting for tournament purposes because he is even a little bit cheaper than Tyler Higby, $200 cheaper in FanDuel salary. He's likely to come in well under David Njoku's own rate in these tournaments. Uh, and the Dolphins have been the second worst defense in tight end coverage DVOA so far. Limited numbers versus individual tight ends so far outside of the big game for Mark Andrews. But sixth most half PPR points allowed so far. Most receptions allowed to position. Again, a lot of that came from Mark Andrews. But the fact that they gave up a blow up game to Mark Andrews certainly doesn't hurt the outlook for any other tight ends against this team yeah. going forward. Yeah, that, that's a good call. I, I want to mention Logan Thomas, too. Um, you know, he's questionable now with a calf injury that he it looks like he suffered in Friday's practice. So we'll see if he even plays, and he obviously is going to carry risk if he does. But I, I do think he's in a great spot. Um, we saw him set a season high in route rate last week, 72%. He's you know, kind of been working back each week from last year's knee injury. Um, he's, you know, he's tied for 13th among tight ends and targets, so even with – you know, the limited routes, he's been drawing targets. Again, we have no John Dotson in this game, so that frees up some stuff for the pass catchers. And then Tennessee, um, you know, they've been bad against wide receivers. They're also 30th in adjusted points allowed to tight ends. And Football Outsiders says them dead last in tight end coverage rankings. So, again, I was all over Logan Thomas before the calf injury. But, you know, we'll see what we hear about it on Sunday morning. Yeah, and they're missing their safety that splits his time between the slot coverage and uh, deep safety play. So that certainly is going to impact the tight end coverage. They're missing one of their off-ball linebackers. They're missing an edge rusher. So, you know, the matchup only gets better. So, yeah, if we get a healthy Logan Thomas, there's certainly risk to that calf, even if he's active. I mean, they're going to judge him on Sunday. So maybe he gets into the game and leaves early. But risk is part of what we're playing with here in building these lineups and why we don't just do one lineup and then move on. Defense, Jared, what do you like? 
So I, I got on the cheap side, I think the lowest I'd go would be the Saints at thirty eight hundred bucks. Um, I don't know, I guess I'm still not totally buying into Geno Smith as a you know top three NFL quarterback. The Saints are at home, they're they're favored. Um I think they're okay for thirty eight hundred. But if you have the money, I try to get up to the Niners at forty four hundred. I, I I think they should be a five thousand dollar defense against, you know, Baker Mayfield and this this Panthers offense. I can't argue with that. I would be willing to go down as far as the $3,200 commanders against the Titans. Tennessee has been the eighth most friendly matchup for team defenses so far. Ryan Tannehill has not been very good. Uh, Derrick Henry has been stoppable at times. It's really, it, it's less about it being a sloppy offense than it just not being that high ceiling in offense because we don't get high point projections from Tennessee. We don't get a whole lot of points scored. So there's a little bit less risk. And then any defense is capable of turn of, of grabbing a couple of turnovers. So if you can get all the way down to 3,200, I think there's upside to them. I like the Saints at 3,800 against the Seahawks. I think the Rams at 3,900 are also in play against the Cowboys who come in with tied for the third fewest point implied points on the main slate by the Vegas numbers this week. Yeah, and I like the other side of that game. I like Dallas's defense. You know, not in cash on FanDuel because they're not nearly as cheap. But I think for tournaments, I mean, I think that could that could be like a seven eight sack game for um, the Cowboys. And then uh, Minnesota against Chicago is in a good spot. Obviously, forty three hundred bucks. And then Jacksonville for forty six hundred bucks. I, I, I still think that's a really good defense. You know, the Eagles um, made them look not so great, at least in the second half of that game. Um, I, I still think Jacksonville is going to end up being as one of the 10 best defenses in the NFL and they're, they're home against Houston. Ooh, one of the 10 best in the NFL. We got a season long prediction here, but yeah, I like all the talent. I certainly like the matchup against Houston. So I'm with that. Well, that's going to do it for this week five FanDuel podcast. I guess I got to go to the high school football game. You can head over to DraftSharks.com now, though, if you don't have a football game to go to. You can play around with the lineup generator. You can build your own lineups for FanDuel, for DraftKings, and for Yahoo. You can also check out Kevin's articles that highlight top picks for cash and GPP entries on FanDuel this week. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.